This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Brexit really is a structural issue, and that is if Britain does leave the EU, what sort of events will that trigger? In the Phillips curve, you have an inflection point, and the inflection point is when you hit full employment. The market's going to be volatile if the Fed raises rates because the majority of investors out there, quite frankly, haven't been through a regular cycle, and because of that, they're going to be reactive and probably sell stocks. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning, everyone. Michael McKee and Tom Keen. Friday, our inflection point is 10 a.m. Michael McKee's already ordered out for margaritas, I believe. Not to get us started. Guacamole uh, and chips. Guacamole and chips. Is, uh, well, we say good morning to all of you worldwide, particularly listening in the United Kingdom. One of our themes here in a moment, Brexit and gaining pounds sterling. Good morning, coast to coast. Bloomberg 1200. Boston, 99.1 FM, Washington. Thank you for hosting Mike McKee and his important conversation with Jeff Lacker yesterday. San Francisco, good morning. New York, good morning. San Jose, back-to-back shutouts against the St. Louis Blues. Michael, I thought it was like a, you know, hasn't happened since 1928 kind of thing, but it's more recent than I thought. It, it's not rare I guess they have back-to-back shutouts where the other team doesn't score for six periods of hockey. No, uh, especially in the playoffs where you get uh, these incredibly tight games. I do want to take this occasion to announce that I am, uh, since the Capitals were eliminated, picking my new team. Um, Anything but Pittsburgh. Anything but Pittsburgh is number one. And then uh, I will go with the West. Either San Jose or St. Louis will be my team going forward. Since Mm -hmm. both teams have played so well for so long and not gotten a sniff of the cup. So uh, So, I'll wait for one of them. We're going to go right now on a jersey analysis. For those of you, and I'm sure this is true of Premier Football, is 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 well, in England, everybody pays attention to the jerseys. And and my, my good friend Carl once told me, he says, look, the original six NHL teams, like the Bruins, would be an example. And then you root for the next six, led by the St. Louis Blues, who were the first good next six team. And then there was everybody else, and you never rooted for anybody that had teal in their jersey. Well, San Jose has cleaned up their jerseys. they got a little bit of teal. But you got to go with the Blues based on the jersey. The Blues have one of the best uniforms in all of professional sports. They do. I have always thought that, even if I were not uh, putting them top of my list. For for those of you uh, worldwide, when the St. Louis Blues come on, the the color of the blue, the aura of the St. Louis arena is is just a joy uh, to see. Can I just um, make a... Surveillance correction of Tom Keen, um, since we're about to talk Brexit yes. uh, and, and uh, the United Kingdom, when you talk about uniforms there, you're talking about kit. Oh, is that why it's kit jukes? No. Oh, okay. That's a different kit. That's a different we're, kit. We're talking about the uh, the Premier League kit. Oh, very good. I like that. Uh, Bloomberg Surveillance this morning brought to you by Cone Resnick. Accounting tax advisory regulatory changes can impact your business. See how the experts... At Cone Resnick can help you navigate these complexities. Find out more at ConeResnick.com. Michael, why don't you bring in Mr. Rochester? Well, we want to, uh, Jordan Rochester, he works for Nomura. He's an FX strategist there. And, uh, uh, he has an interesting take on, uh, the, the currency uh, situation post vote. He's really in, put a lot of work in Because it, it, a lot of people, yeah, everybody calls it Brexit. He's talking about Remain. 
because the the, the odds are that uh, the United Kingdom does remain within the EU and asks you know what happens then in the forex markets and so we uh, we welcome him to the program and ask you um, you know if indeed the polls are correct and uh, the United Kingdom remains in what drives the British pound from there right now it's obviously political uncertainty but uh, then what happens Morning, guys. So, I mean, what a hullabaloo we've had of all these polls. Uh, to put it in perspective, for the Scottish referendum, you may remember in 2014, we only ever had three polls that would said that said Scotland might leave the UK. Where this time around, over the last two years, we've had uh, roughly 40 polls out of 200 saying the UK could leave. So it, it's definitely a risk that the market has had to price in, and that's why we're here talking about it. So the sort of idea we're saying is. I mentioned to you there's 40 polls out of 200, but actually, you know, there's 160 saying we won't leave the EU. And we have to actually think about how to weigh the risks and which way to trade it is obviously the sterling upside in the long run. Uh, the problem we have is we have to address what happens if there is a Brexit, and that is obviously sterling weakness and downside. So with all these polls coming out, we have to balance the, the, the risks to either remain or whether, of course, it's a Brexit. So we've seen the market tracking uh, what you may know as Betfair Exchange, the online gambling website. We have very liberalized uh, gambling laws in the U.K. here, so we can actually make a market in this. You can buy and sell the odds. So the, we actually saw Sterling uh, on our sort of analysis tracking the moves and the odds of a Brexit. So every time the, uh, the odds increased, and you saw that when you had the mayor of London at the time, Boris Johnson, coming out in support of leaving the EU, you saw Sterling sell off. And also volatility, the premium you pay to uh, take options out in, in Sterling, spike as well. So with that in mind, the analysis we looked at was what happens if on the Bromain, where the probability of a Brexit goes down to zero, what does that mean for sterling? And what we found is sterling on a trade-weighted basis would appreciate by 3.5%. Now, that's okay, uh, but currencies tend to move 4 to 5% within a week, so we have to look at what specifically what trades we like. So we're looking at how sterling trades versus the yen and versus the dollar, and because of the risk-averse nature of the yen and also euro and dollar uh, being the reserve currencies of the world, it's, it, in our view, is obviously sterling upside versus euro and yen and, and dollar as well. So that's the sort of uh, remain trade that we're looking at here. Well, if uh, if that is indeed the case, then um, how long can uh, the pound keep it up, as it were? Well, when we get out of the uh, campaign period that we're in now, so once we actually have the result come in, as we expect with the remain vote uh, swinging the day, we have to then look at what the Bank of England's doing and also what the Fed's doing in the ECB. So we expect the Fed to hike in September, even with the recent comments made by Fed officials uh, bringing the possibility earlier. We still think September is more likely. Uh, the Bank of England, though, have been very dovish in their communication. And the reason mm -hmm. I'm talking about this is these guys really do uh, impact where the currency goes. So the sort of sterling outperformance, in our view, would be more on the euro side, where right. we actually expect the ECB to continue not to do rate cuts, but to stamp up the QE efforts on their front. Your printed research on Brexit remain is exceptionally detailed. What do you do with it? Is it a curiosity of politics, or is Nomura suggesting we could advance a trade around our probability distribution and what's going to happen? I think, Tom, it's obviously uh, a benefit to the trade if you take in, into account the politics. Uh, 
So you have to try and at first decide whether you're going to have the Brexit or not. But the market is reacting to these polls, whether we like it or not. I mean, if you take a long-term look at what the polling's been doing, it's actually been becoming closer and closer towards the Brexit. But that's because the, the public's not really had the, the right. adult conversation about it. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. This week, I thought Bremain did well in the polls. Am I wrong? It did. And my point to you is that this is a lot of noise because it's within the recent ranges of the last three months. So people and the market tend to try and find trends within these short-term noises yeah. of what the polls are doing. But the margin of error on these polls is 3 to 4% at times. So when someone's trying to tell you that Remain's doing quite okay. well and they've had a pickup in their support, it's still within these margins of error. So we have to take that into account. Well, let's finish up with this and move on in our next section to other stuff. But, Jordan, when, when, when you look at the polling, and this is important, into the weekend, did I hear you say that Brexit has a, moder- a modest upper hand within the mood of the United Kingdom? Brexit? So in terms of the mood, I think really the economic argument is starting to feed through. We have this sort of uh, Volcurve soft voter smile. I know know on the radio it's hard to describe folks, but... No, no, we do that all the time. We describe (laughs) three-dimensional volatility space. We use the... We we work in the XYZ space on Fridays, always. Continue. If you imagine on the either side of your curve, on the left and right, you have the guys who are definitely voting to vote out, and you have the guys who are definitely voting to remain in. And in the middle is your swing voters. And what we've been seeing through the polling data we've been looking at is the sort of swing voters have been falling in number, and they've been allocating themselves to either yes or no. So people are starting to make their minds up, which is natural at this stage of the, of the campaign. And by far and large, those swing voters are starting to creep into the remain side. That's what you've been seeing in polls recently. Okay. It's still within the margins of error, but yes, that's the sort of uh, Volcker smile mm. analysis that we look at. Brilliantly described. For the first time in the history of Surveillance Friday, have we had a description of the XYZ Vol space, Mike? That was so good. Jordan Rochester can come back for his next yeah, section. Well, uh, have a, why don't you come up with a, one of those charts, the three-dimensional volatility charts? Well, OVDV, we could do that. They're, they're do tough that. to, they're, there's so much math in them, they're tough to go out over the wire, but we'll try to do that. Maybe we'll do that on Monday on television as well. But, but that's very important dynamics, folks, and that you've got people skewed either way, and the middle ground is beginning to choose on Brexit, and clearly, Secretary Liu making comments, uh, along with other, uh, G7 ministers in Japan today, on this important vote, vo- a vote in the United Kingdom. Futures 5. Time now to check in with Michael Barr and get the latest world and national headlines. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. Egyptian authorities have found wreckage from the missing Egypt airplane that crashed into the Mediterranean Sea yesterday. A military official says Egyptian military aircraft and naval ships found personal items and parts of the plane this morning, about 180 miles north of Alexandria. The Airbus A320 was flying from Paris to Cairo with 66 people on board. Questioning by investigative judges was met with silence today from the last known survivor of the team that carried out last November's Paris attacks. Salah Abdeslam was brought to Paris from prison. Officials had hoped Abdeslam might shed light on terror operations in Europe. Instead, 
He refused to talk, and the session ended abruptly. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, Tom? And Michael, thanks so much. Gold South this week. It's been one of the big moves less talked about. Gold, that dash to 1,300 reversed. Uh, some form of support, maybe $30 below gold, 1258 the ounce. With Jordan Rochester of Nomura, Bloomberg Surveillance. The news update brought to you by Mercedes-Benz. Outstanding offers are in full bloom at your Mercedes-Benz Tri-State dealers. Take advantage of limited-time lease and finance programs on select models this spring season. Visit MBUSA.com for details today. Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app. And on your radio, this is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures are rising this morning. Let's go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. And here's Bill Maloney. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, Karen. That's right. U.S. futures remain higher after yesterday's sell-off. Dow futures currently higher by 54 points. SB's gained six. And NASDAQ futures rise by 16.5. The U.S. 10 yield at 1.86%. European markets are also rising, led by 1% gains in the U.K. and France. On the U.S. economic front at 10 o'clock, existing home sales. And after the Bellas night, Autodesk Q2 views missed estimates. Applied materials Q3 adjust EPS forecast topped estimates. And the gap debt rating lowered to junk by S&P. Regarding earnings this morning, Deer cut full-year profit outlook. Foot Locker Q1 comp sales missed, and Campbell Soup raised year-adjusted EPS views. In deal news, Oil Search agrees to buy inner oil for about $2.2 billion. And in other news, Citigroup sees Monsanto valuation of approximately $130 a share. Stiefel sees the low 120s. Finally, some of your Wall Street upgrades and downgrades. At J.P. Morgan, Avery Dennison and B.E. Aerospace cut to neutral. At Morgan Stanley, Dick Sporting Goods raised to equal weight. Urban Outfitters raised to overweight. Finally, the gap cut to hold versus buy over at Stiefel. Live from the first breaking news desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen. Thanks, Bill. To hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg, type Squawk Go on your terminal. That's S-Q-U-A-W-K-Go. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Karen, thanks so much. Good morning, everyone. Bloomberg Surveillance this Friday. Brought to you by Invesco. Have you considered all of your investment alternatives, non-traditional Asset classes and non-traditional strategies may help you achieve your goals. Find out more at Invesco.com slash alternatives. Mike Theodore tweeting out, noting that we work in the XYZ space on Fridays. We thank Theodore for listening. Yeah, that's excellent. From his math cave that he's within. Jordan Rochester with us. Nomura Foreign Exchange. Jordan Rochester on the yen. Uh, really, it's been very quiet, uh, Jordan, but yen weakness over the last 10 days, is there a bid to it? I mean, can the yen really get break out and challenge 115 or the Abe Nirvana of 120? Well, look, for us on the yen, there's a tale of two stories. There's the sort of funding story, euro versus yen, and then there's the, what's going on with dollar yen. So dollar-yen is a different story. Uh, we're talking about uh, upside in dollar-yen. Uh, you know, we expect 118 by end of Q2. What's, what's pretty interesting in dollar-yen is the sort of flow dynamics uh, have been quite negative for the yen, um, but we actually saw a lot of that strength in uh, Q1, and that was mostly due to the risk-off factors that we had in the markets. So you may remember we're talking about in markets about the possibility of a recession on a global basis. What we've, come, what we've seen since is markets recover back 
and the sort of nervousness of Margus still exists. It's still there. But the sort of bid in Dolly N is quite encouraging. Um, we're going into the G7 next week where that will be obviously on the docket. Uh, what's going on in the currency manipulation? Uh, my own take is we won't really see much material action, but uh, it will, of course, be on the agenda between policymakers. But yeah, dollar yen upside makes sense, and euro yen is a different story. Uh, so with the, with the ECB and real yields, uh, we expect uh, euro yen to decline over the period. Um, this is uh, the sort of battle of Bank Japan versus ECB in some respects. But also, but also what's happening on the inflation dynamics. So we expect inflation to pick up in, in uh, the euro area uh, versus Japan, but less so. And what we find is it's not really the nominal yield story that mm-hmm. dominates, but the real yields. Is everybody waiting for the Fed? Uh, the Bank of Japan wants a weaker currency. The eurozone wouldn't mind a weaker currency. If the Fed moves, maybe they get what they want and they don't have to take any more extraordinary action. Yeah, there's the possibility that, you know, last year, October, we were talking about the diminishing returns to QE, and then when it came to uh, Q1, it was no returns to QE, and in fact, negative returns when uh, the Bank of Japan went negative uh, on the uh, So the sort of market uh, trade following what central bank actions tell them to do has seen a sort of uh, a lot of pain out there. And when it comes to the Fed, I think uh, they're in a good space right now. I think they'll be pretty happy with the market reaction as well to the comments we had this week in the Fed minutes. It's not been too much of a blowout. So uh, risk is doing pretty well. So the Fed's in a good space. What's happened to currency trading? The uh, Bloomberg folks note that there's been a a, 20% decline in uh, in Forex trading over the last uh, 12 to 18 months. So with markets where they are and the sort of very choppy price action, uh, yes, volumes in FX are lower if you look at that sort of data from the Bank of England and also mm-hmm. um, over the New York side and Japan. Uh, this makes sense when the trends are not so clear to investors. So they've been dealing with an ECB uh, and a Bank of Japan uh, and, of course, a Fed, which has this forward communication, which has kind of baffled a lot of people, uh, especially when they've changed their minds. You may remember last year we were talking about uh, four hikes this year in, in, in the Fed uh, from people on the street. We, we were a bit more dovish than that, but, you know, here we are. And it's May now, and we're still waiting for the hike from the Fed this year. So the sort of economic trends uh, that tend to get investors involved in trading uh, are not so clear, and there's a lot of uncertainty out there, and just people holding cash. Is there a bet? Is there is there a one-way bet on any of the major pairs now? Not that it provides an opportunity, but just do you see a bet out there on euro, on yen, on dollar? So for, for us, uh, we like euro-yen downside for now. That's what I spoke about earlier on the real yields. It just makes a lot of sense uh, to us. On sterling, for example, what we spoke about earlier, uh, we think in the long run uh, we'll look back at these levels as good levels to buy sterling. So those are sort of two high conviction yeah. states we have. George, uh, well... I, I was just curious before we let him go, uh, get, going back to where we started uh, in England, is there a consensus on the uh, the best-looking Premier League kit? Well, I, I mean, I'm from Birmingham, so I'm an Aston Villa fan. And you said Premier League, and so they're no longer in it. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> they're relegated this season. But I was born 40 miles away from Leicester City, so maybe I'll put a Fox shirt on. <laughs> you can cheer that. Well, I guess the, uh, Aston Villa just bought by a Chinese billionaire, so maybe you're from How do you know this? McKee, how do you know this? <laughs> you just got to keep up, Tom. I'm in awe. Jordan Rochester, thank you so much. FX Strategist Nomura. Uh, and, and a really terrific, thoughtful report. Uh, no inflammatory stuff, just thoughtful report on Bermain.
and Brexit. So see how I did that balance, Mike? I did Remain yeah. and Brexit together. Very good. Um, congratulations on your Lacker interview yesterday. He seemed in very good spirits. He did. I mean, I non-voting think are, I think spirits are going his way. Yeah, you know, people are beginning to agree with the position he took a long yeah. time ago. Michael McKee and Tom Key. Michael McKee back in New York. Good morning, Washington. Ninety-nine-one FM. Thank you so much for listening within the Beltway. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Coming up, though, with all due respect, highlight brought to you by Land Rover. If it's in your nature to cast off the everyday and seek adventure, the Discovery Sport was built to help your search. Visit LandRoverTriState.com or call 1-800-FIND-4WD for details. Land Rover, above and beyond.